House of Corpus production. Hey, hey. Hey girl, welcome to the What A Mouthful podcast. I'm your host, Dee. I'm a qualified nutritionist, personal trainer, mindset speaker, and my favorite of all, I'm a mum. Living your best life doesn't have to be a grind, and I'm gonna show you how to achieve a healthy mind and body. And if this episode speaks to you, give a sister a five-star review. This episode is brought to you by Sunny. Okay, you've spent money on good food, but you have this one veggie leftover that you just don't know what to do with. I personally hate wasting food, so what do I do? I just chuck it into the Sunny app search bar, and voila, I have over 400 yummy, healthy recipes at my fingertips, approved by moi, so you know they're good, and more. Wanna subscribe to Sunny too? Use Mouthful15 for 15% off, and never waste good food again. Welcome back to What A Mouthful. I'm, of course, Dee. And today I have a solo episode coming at you and we are talking all about rest day guilt. Now, why on earth do we experience such a thing? It is a very interesting topic to me. We generally look at our week ahead, we map it out and we calculate for ourselves, you know, somewhere between probably three to six training sessions a week. And most of us give ourselves, you know, one day really most of us it's one day where we don't train and we actually give ourselves a rest day what i feel like the problem is is i feel as though people who are type a personality probably just like you and very much like me although i feel like i'm a reformed type a where i've really come to terms with okay that is outside of my boundary and I it's overstretching myself to step outside of it. So I kind of know where my, my, my boundaries are and I know when to push them and when not to push them. But if you're a type A and you're very driven, I first of all love that about you, but I also know that it can be a very slippery slope and it can be this like dangerous dance of burnout and achieving greatness in your life or achieving, you know, ticking off those success markers in your life, just reaching the goals that you want for yourself. So I am well aware of the type of person that I am speaking to in terms of speaking about this episode. It's just really interesting that we even experience this in the first place, because if you think about it, you know, a week ago, you is sitting there going, okay, I'm going to plan to have say, six days of training. And then on the seventh day, I'm going to rest or that's generally what we're doing. Some people like, you know, I'm just going to listen to my body and I'm just going to see how I feel. And some people are like very planned and structured. Either way, you're having a rest day or rest days and you're anticipating that ahead of time. But then weirdly enough, once you get there, sometimes you get into the shame spiral of like, I should be doing more you know, this day is going to undo everything that I've worked towards. I'm going to get fat today. If I don't rest, these are all lies, by the way, that you're telling yourself, Um, you know, I'm going to ruin everything I've worked towards. I, you know, what am I going to do with the calories that I'm eating today? I haven't burned them off. This one day is surely going to make a difference. And also the grind hustle mentality that we all know too well, that we also know Like we're very aware that it's detrimental, but somehow we find it really hard to escape. There's also that grind mentality that's also saying, I have to work hard every day. And unfortunately, I think that this rest day guilt really comes from this underlying 
belief system that we have that is if we don't achieve a lot, like our productivity, our productivity is very much tied to our worth. We don't allow ourselves to think we deserve things until we have achieved a certain number of things. And that certain number of things looks different to every single person. Some people celebrate after one thing that's done. Some people won't celebrate until they've absolutely burnt themselves into the ground and the 30 things are done. And it's different for everybody. But it is just a really super interesting concept. And that's why I wanted to cover it in um, today's episode. So normally, like I said, we'll take a rest day. But what I really want to introduce you to is the idea of how to improve your recovery, because essentially that's what you're trying to do, is how to improve your recovery all the time, um, daily, and also throughout the day. And it's not to say that, I'm saying that so that you don't have a rest day. It's to help you understand why rest days are so important and why recovery is so important. So essentially, I think by helping you guys understand or by helping you understand why recovery is so important, it will help you feel more comfortable with and less guilty about the rest day. So let's look at recovery. I'm going to tell you about how you can test it. I'm going to tell you about how to know when to sort of force and when to flow, because obviously sometimes we will have loads of energy and we will be in a really good place. You know, things are humming along well. Our body feels great. We're actually not overtraining. We're in the first half of our cycle. Generally, that's when I find it's okay to force and we can push and we can do that sixth or seventh training session in a week. So long as we know our body, if you don't know your body, I don't recommend it. I really just recommend you doing the sort of three to six days and definitely no more. But if you wanted to, because there might be, if you look at it in, you know, let's be realistic, you know, people don't just live like static one week lives, like not everything is in a one week block. So they might have one day across one week where they they don't train but then they could go through a string of like 10 days where because they hadn't trained for three or four days because they were away or they were super busy or whatever it is they do go through that seven day block where they train all the way through and again that is okay if you understand your body if you know your signs when it's not okay for you to force even if you are in the first half of your cycle which really like is when you can leverage your extra energy is for people who don't know their signs of overtraining. And so signs of overtraining are things like, you know, do you start to get a niggly pain? Is there a niggly knee pain that you always get? Is there a niggly shoulder pain you always get? Are you having a flare up? Do you have something like IBS or MCAS or uh, SIBO or goodness. I mean, there are so many, there are so many syndromes, even, even polycystic ovarian syndrome, even PCOS. Do you get like little flare ups where you start to notice, okay, my symptoms are starting to come back. These can be signs of overtraining your sleep. If that's starting to get worse, either in quality or quantity, you can't turn your mind off. You can't unwind in the nighttime. You're waking up through the middle of the night. These are all signs. Your skin starts to break out and get worse or you have gut issues and those two can really go hand in hand, both skin and gut issues. So these are kind of all little signs. These are our body's way of talking to us, saying to us, hey, hello, please listen to me. You're just running me a little bit into the ground. Can you just slow down because I'm feeling quite inflamed? 
Which brings me to the reason why recovery is so important, because essentially what we're trying to counteract is a necessary part of training. So the necessary part of training is inflammation. If your body never gets inflamed, then your body will never recover. And so let's get let's do a deep dive. Let's get a bit technical in here and discuss, okay, well, what is actually going on? What's actually going on is in terms of inflammation, you've got two parts to the immune system. You've got or oh, sorry, two responses that the immune system actually has to undergo. First and foremost, you've got the inflammation. And then the second part of that is the resolution phase. So inflammation happens. And let's say, for example, and I commonly talk about weight training or resistance training, whatever you want to call it, hypertrophy training. In that training, or even look, essentially, you know, even if you're doing sort of steady state cardio, you are still building some muscle. Yes, it's mostly endurance, but you are still building some muscle. Um, even, you know, cause it's endurance muscle. Let's say you've got inflammation that happens. You have what's actually happening. And isn't this cool to know if you don't know already when you are at the gym and let's say you are shoulder pressing some weights, what's actually happening in, in that moment is that you're actually ripping muscle fibers. You are ripping muscle fibers. Now you might freak out and go, oh my God, I don't want to do that. I got to stop training. No, this is the intended effect of what is going on in your body. And it's almost the same actually as the reason why uh, women get, and I get, God, I love this treatment, skin needling. So skin needling, you're basically trying to irritate the skin by like, piercing it a lot. And what you're doing as a result of that is you're actually relying on the body's uh, resolution phase of the inflammatory response or the immune response to go through the first response, which is when it's like hot, red, inflamed. Oh my God. I literally like, I just spray myself with the hose sometimes because my face is so hot and so red and so inflamed. Gosh, why do we do this to ourselves? Honestly, it's all in the name of beauty and confidence. Um, But there is that first phase that we go through. And that first phase is very, very necessary. If that first phase doesn't occur, then the second phase can't occur. And that's the resolution phase. So once, you know, all the damage is done, like the damage in your muscle fibers, when you're lifting that weight, then the next phase is then the resolution, (laughs) then the resolution phase. And so that phase is, is really there to clean things up, to help new things grow, to help strengthen things because the body now recognizes, oh, okay, I need to have a little bit more of a stronger response here so that if that happens again, I'm prepared for it. So your, your face produces more collagen, your shoulder produces more muscle cells as a result of the intentional damage that you created on the muscle or on your skin. I hope that was a good analogy because I was like, this is very relevant to me that I just thought of right now. So that's what's actually happening and that's what you're, what you're trying to do. So therefore I argue with you, my friends, because in the gym you are damaging intentionally that muscle, that means that outside of the gym is the time that you are actually building muscle. So therefore, that recovery day that you are sometimes feeling guilty about is actually the only time that you are building muscle, which was your intentional goal. Now, when people don't know this, I totally get why they would experience heavy rest day guilt. But once you understand that, 
I hope that this flips you from rest day guilt into rest day pride because that's when you're actually building muscle. Like even when you're not doing quote unquote a calorie burning activity because it actually costs um, calories and energy to build and to also maintain muscle. And essentially when you're training and especially resistance training, which I love so much for my PCOS girls, that is essentially what you are doing. Now you might ask, well, what about for cardio? Does it do the same thing? Well, yes, it does in different degrees. And I do really suggest to women that they make the predominant type of training that they do across a week to be resistance training because of all the amazing benefits of resistance training. And you can go back and listen to the episode that I did on how to boost your metabolism, because I actually went through the science of this and listening to your body is something else that I think is a really relevant thing here, because especially in the second half of your cycle, it's a really great time to really take note of when you feel like you're forcing. So in the first half, you're, you can force a little bit more. Your body is set up for you to be okay and to bounce back from that and to have good resilience if that's what you choose to do. In the second half of your cycle, this is when you need to flow a little bit more. So it does require you to know your body a little bit more, to understand that in this second half, anything that's stretch, anything that's overtraining, anything that's going to push you a little bit too far out of your comfort zone or stretch you that little bit too much, anything that feels a little fatiguey, adrenal burnouty, you want to steer clear of that. Because what's going to happen in the long run is that you're going to kind of rob yourself of the hormones that you need in the second half to keep you calm, well, um, like I mean, well, in terms of like your mind, like to help balance out any like mood swings, crankiness, anxiety, because you're robbing yourself of the exact hormone that provides this for you. Now that is progesterone and progesterone also has this amazing beneficial effect where if you can leverage it and you know how to boost it up and keep it high, i.e. stop stressing about shit you don't need to stress about and stop overtraining and under eating um, and stressing your body out in that way, then what you can actually do is you can have progesterone work for you. Because I bet the reason that you're feeling rest day guilty is because you're like, oh no, I'm not going to burn as much fat. I'm not going to build as much muscle. Well, actually progesterone is like the friendliest metabolic hormone that you could have. It actually increases your metabolism and allows you to eat more food. And that is why you crave more food in the second half of your cycle. Now, sometimes we make kind of, you know, not so great decisions around that because we're not really expecting to be more hungry. And so therefore we end up going for, you know, the quick fast foods like the, you know, pastries and the chips and the bread that, that gives us that quick fix of like, Oh, suddenly I'm hungry and I haven't really accounted for this. So you kind of eat more of the foods that maybe had you planned ahead, you would have just eaten bigger portions of good, solid, healthy meals. I'm not saying it's bad if you do eat that, but it's just kind of, you will actually start to make different decisions once you understand that that's what's happening in your second half. So in your second half, what I would prefer you to do is I would prefer you to listen more to your body. Again, it requires you to know your body in the first place. 
So if you don't know what over-exercising feels like in your body, then you're going to have a bit of a tricky time. And so again, just stick to standards like the three to six. So how do you know when your body has signs of overtraining? That could be pain. Maybe you have like like a knee injury that always comes back or a sore hip or something like that. Maybe you have a flare up, maybe you have a condition or a syndrome that kind of worsens at certain times. And so you you really notice that you have that flare up. Maybe it's IBS, um, MCAS, something like that. Maybe it's your sleep, both it worsens in quality and or quantity. So it could be either. Maybe you wake up a lot of times throughout the night. You find it really hard to unwind in the first place. Um, whatever it might be, you just, you just can't switch off your skin. Maybe your skin has breakouts, maybe it gets irritated, red, itchy. Maybe your eczema flares up. That is a real telltale sign that you're kind of burning yourself out or burning the candle at both ends and gut issues. So, you know, do you have pain? Do you have stabbing? Is this, is the consistency of your stool changing? Is the rate of your digestion changing? You know, are you suddenly constipated or do you suddenly have diarrhea? These are really big signs of overtraining and essentially what's underlying those signs is inflammation okay so inflammation is really like the key word here so we want to work hard but we need to recover hard and if i give you an analogy of what i love to to use and what i heard luke lehman say once and i've never forgotten it is as hard as you push the accelerator like yes productivity babes yes achieving goals love that for you You push the accelerator intentionally. So you're intentionally going, you're intentionally achieving. But what our society is really not so great at is pulling ourselves out of the masculine energy, out of the fight or flight response and actually shifting gears. Well, not shifting gears. It's a car analogy, but that's not where I'm going with this. But it's actually intentionally pushing on the brake. See, the problem here is that most of us think if I just let go of the accelerator, well, the brake will push itself. No, 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 no. You have to actually intentionally push the brake to make yourself slow down and stop where you can actually adequately recover. And I spoke about this in my episode with Sarah, where we spoke about how far back you can pull that arrow will determine how far it goes, but you have to spend time pulling it back. And the pulling it back is just about recovering. And so you need to figure out, well, what helps me recover? You know, is it time with friends? Is it a bath? Is it a book? Is it an early night? And all of those things will be individual to each person. I definitely find for me, that my recovery is improved with sleep. So if I really prioritize my sleep, that is a huge, huge thing for me. Also like my mind can get very busy. So I make sure that I meditate and I journal. I spend time in nature with my grounding. That is really important to me too. But know that the easiest one that we're all already doing is sleeping. And that is our biggest recovery activity that we can do in the first place. So if you are someone who is experiencing, you know, that rest day guilt, well, just improve your recovery so you don't feel so bad and just know that you're a boss recoverer. Because I'll tell you what, my friends, you can only, you can only build muscle as well as you can recover. Let me say that again. You can only build muscle as well as you can recover. So go back and listen to my episode on how to boost your metabolism, because I talk about how awesome it is to have muscle. And it also 
requires a lot of energy. Like, you know, your basal metabolic rate actually boosts when you have muscle on you. So when you, the more you build it and the more you maintain a good amount of muscle mass, the higher your metabolism is anyway. And isn't that the whole reason that you're feeling guilty about rest day? So instead of worrying that this one single day is going to undo all of your hard work, why not just work smarter instead of working harder? And on top of that, why not match that with your cycle so that you, again, can work even smarter, not harder? I always talk about your hormones and your sex hormones specifically. Once you can learn to leverage those, they do a lot of the work for you. Like I said, progesterone helps to boost your metabolism in the second half. You don't even have to do anything. You just have to reduce your stress and chill out and have a great time. And that is all your homework is for that. I think that is pretty bloody awesome. Now, let me give you some tools as well. Um, I was looking for some research and I couldn't actually find, interestingly enough, research that would apply to you. So what I could find in terms of recovery and why it's so important to recover, which is essentially why we We should not feel rest day guilt because we have to recover. And if we don't, when really like we're taking one step forward, one step back, um, I could really only find the, you know, support in terms of the science for males mostly and for athletes. And I would assume that we are neither of those. And because of that, I couldn't really use any research. What I have seen across, you know, almost thousands of women now is just how important it is and also how easy it is to improve your recovery so that your recoverability, your ability to recover is fucking epic. And if it's epic, then anything that you do, like you go and you do even one session in the gym in a week is actually going to take you further towards your goal than doing seven sessions ever would. And I know it sounds super backwards, but it's because you don't understand recovery yet. And once you understand recovery and you know how to identify, you know what tools that you can use to help you figure it out, your whole world will change. And, and like I said, you know, the sex hormones is a, is a massive piece of this jigsaw puzzle as well, because like I said, it can do a lot of the work for you. Now, what tools can we use? So I have, and I don't like to share things that I think are a little bit either pricey or a little bit unrealistic, like a little bit bougie, a little bit luxury. I think a $300 investment once off is something that's doable. Even if you have to save for a couple of weeks in the budget, I think it's doable, especially because I'm somebody who really, I like to track my cycles. And so I love my aura ring for this reason. I love to be able to track my cycles. Um, It gives me an indication of my HRV while I'm sleeping. So I can get a gauge of how well is my body recovering overnight. I get all my sleep stats. I figure out how long have I been asleep for? How, what are my different levels of sleep? So, you know, how much REM sleep did I get? How much light sleep? How much deep sleep? How many times was I woken through the night? And I feel like that is really important information for me. It also does your body temperature. And that's why I think it doubles um, in such a great way for women who want to identify when they've ovulated. Because once you've ovulated, your body temperature will start to go up. And I love to watch the 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 trends and the patterns in my own body temperature. Cause I can literally, I know exactly the day now. And it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Old me would laugh at, at present me because I can pinpoint the exact day that I'm going to ovulate. 
And I swear, <laughs> I'm on the toilet sometimes and I'm like, yes, yes, I got my period, yes, I was right. I, you know, I'm on it. I understand my body. My body is predictable and I feel like I'm in control again. And it's really an awesome feeling because you can just work your life around that. You know, you can figure out what you're going to do in the day. You can figure out what you're going to do in the week. You know when to force, you know when to flow, you know when to train, you know when to recover. It is just absolutely epic. And the other thing that you do know how to do as well is you know like what to supplement with, how to eat, what micronutrients you're trying to get more of in your diet. Like all that sort of stuff is just, it's just so next level. When your skin's going to be great, when to expect a little, bit more diarrhea and if it's normal because it's just a result of your hormones so because if anyone's like oh what you talking about progesterone actually sometimes gives you a bit of diarrhea so if you kind of get the runs before you have your period it's okay it makes sense and it's probably just progesterone so don't stress also if your sleep worsens because in that second half of your cycle you have so much progesterone which we generally want more there's not a lot of people that have too much so we, we in general the consensus is we all want more Sometimes if you have a lot, it can actually make you really hot overnight because your basal metabolic rate is increasing so much. So you actually just get hotter, which is a byproduct of all of the, you know, energetic, um, like the chemical reactions occurring in a quicker fashion, which is like your metabolic rate, right? So because of that, you're a little bit hotter. And so if you don't know or don't expect or anticipate that to happen in the second half of your cycle, well, maybe you didn't know to have your air conditioner on or your fan on so that you could mitigate the risk of not having as good a sleep because you knew, okay, I'm starting to build in my progesterone. I'm coming up to the week before my period. I need to make sure I have a good sleep tonight because I have a big event on tomorrow or whatever it might be. And make sure that you've cooled down the room because there's certain temperatures where our melatonin is produced. And then if it's too hot, it won't be produced. And melatonin is our main sleep chemical. I digress a little bit, but <laughs> I just took you on an unexpected deep dive. You're welcome. But even these little things, I think, again, it's just more about having control over your life. And I do think that rest day guilt comes about because we feel a bit out of control. We feel a little bit out of control of our body. We're not really sure. We don't really understand it. We think more is better. Oh, you know, if I want to achieve this goal faster, just do more. If I want to be shredded on this day, I just do more training, more training, more training, more training. Oh, look at that. You got an injury and now you're burnt out. And oh my gosh, look, now you can't even get off the couch. And so now you're actually going backwards in terms of what your initial goal was because you didn't understand your body. That is what I'm trying to prevent for you. Some other tools that I love to use. Um, I use a heart rate monitor by Polar. It's called the H10 and it's a chest strap. I love it because when I do my blocks of cardio and this, I also went into a little bit more detail in the um, how to boost your metabolism episode as well. But I use this chest strap when I do blocks of cardio. I only do really one kind of block of cardio a year. And this was uh, Luke Lehman termed this uh, least mode and I love it. And it's basically like you do a block of cardio. There's, it has all of these amazing health benefits. And there is a reason why you would strategically choose that over predominantly weight training but I will leave that for another episode because that is not what this episode is about. And there is a little bit of that that I touch on in that episode that I mentioned about how to boost your metabolism. That chest strap I use, and I can actually pair it with um, my Elite HRV app. And my Elite HRV app, I also have the Elite Finger Sense um, sensor, and it can tell me what my HRV is. Now, do I expect you to go out and buy another $300 finger sensor from the US and have it shipped to Australia? Or if you're in the US to buy a finger sensor that you're only ever gonna use for one single thing and that's HRV? No, 
Unless you're somebody who does HRV for your clients, that would make sense. But I'm not going to make you or even encourage you to go buy it unless you're going to use it for multiple things. I think it's fantastic for identifying your HRV. And I do think it's a very accurate tool. But really, what's the point? Like with the aura ring, at least you're going to be able to use it to do your body temperature, to be able to identify when you ovulate, to, to be able to identify those patterns in your menstrual cycle. I think that makes sense because then you're also getting sleep stats. You're also getting HRV. And I think that's really relevant. It also does like your steps throughout the day. Like, am I a massive fan of counting steps? Not really, but I think for people who would like an idea of how many steps they're doing and to at least have goals, so long as your relationship with that that step count is good and healthy, then I think go for it. Like it, it provides you another tool that you can use to be able to identify sort of how you're going and where you're at and what works for you. Maybe you're just trying to figure out to say, hey, I'm really good at maintaining um, a healthy weight right now. What is actually, what am I doing that's actually working for me? I want to, I want to document this so I know, should I fall off the bandwagon in the future or have a really stressful period that I need to recover from? And then I want to get back into things. What actually works for my body? Because remember, we are all so different. So the Elite HRV app, I actually use the Polar H10 and the Polar H10, I just like chuck it around my chest and then just do the elite HRV um, morning readiness reading. It's like two minutes, you just lie there, you relax, and then it tells you what your HRV is for the day. And I think it's just good to have, again, another reference range. I don't depend solely on the number, but it is kind of good to just be able to monitor and match. Okay, today it's saying that I have a poor HRV number. Does that match with how I'm feeling? And Should I really plan a whole heap of stuff? Should I be filming back-to-back videos? Should I be having back-to-back meetings? Or is there some leeway in the day for me to go home early and have a little bit of a self-care afternoon with the anticipation that I might get tired earlier on in the night? So it just allows you again that control. Now, a tool that I haven't mentioned that is available to every single human on the planet, should you be alive, is breathing. Breathing is the single best tool you can ever use for your recovery. People with anxiety will know it. And it's just amazing how much it can flip a switch in a moment for you. It can take you from this fight or flight, really stressed response, and it can totally transition you within a minute, like 60 seconds, people, Should you know how to breathe properly, especially into your diaphragm, which I think is really important, um, just cultivating that understanding and that body knowing can really make such a difference for you where all you do is breathing. And I'm actually going to get a guest on that is going to talk to us solely about breathing. And I cannot wait. Um, Get excited. So that is pretty much kind of the reason behind why I feel we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves and we shouldn't feel so guilty or maybe have to feel so guilty. It's okay if you still feel guilty. You're human. It's a process. Don't stress. But I do feel as though once we understand that really what we're trying to do is we're trying to get an inflammatory response and then we're trying to recover from that response. And if we get really good at recovering, we can get much quicker towards the goal that we had in the first place. I just really do think that that is a smarter way to work. And if you do You know, if you are really in touch with your body and you do have DOMS one day, which is delayed onset muscle soreness, 
and you just feel like, you know, I just feel I'm so tired today. I've had a big week. Even if you are in the first half of your cycle, you know your body best. If you know that doing an extra day of training is going to feel like a stretch and that is going to be an overtraining day, then listen to your body on that day and have a rest day. However, if you don't know your body, just stick to standards until you do know your body. And the way to know your body is you just document things that work for you and you try a whole bunch of things until you figure out what actually works. Remembering that you can only build muscle as well as you can recover. And if you don't have very good recoverability, you're not going to be very good at building muscle. So now you might ask, and I think it's going to be really helpful for you if I could just give you some actual practical tools we all eat in the day. So how can we just strategize and intentionally eat foods that are going to actually help us when we experience this rest day guilt? So I've specifically got a few different types of foods that are actually going to help us not only um, have less guilt when we have our rest days, hopefully still maintain our rest days, but just give us a better ability to recover. Because if we have that better ability to recover, then hopefully, fingers crossed, I've helped you enough with this episode that you don't feel as guilty on your rest days because they are so, so, so necessary. So let's start with magnesium. This is a micronutrient. It is also a mineral and it is a very important mineral. It's the mineral that I mean, it's involved in over 300 enzymatic processes in the body. So it helps a lot of different things happen in the body. And one place that we can find magnesium is in chocolate. Like dark chocolate is very high in magnesium. And it is a reason why sometimes we crave dark chocolate when we feel a little bit stressed. I wouldn't overdo it on the chocolate. It's good to know that that's, you know, it's also giving you a benefit uh, when you're indulging in the chocolate because you're feeling a little bit stressed. It's also very abundant in nuts, seeds, and your leafy green vegetables, probably the most abundant in your leafy green vegetables. So if you never eat salads, I would probably think that you're not having any magnesium or if you don't have any like leafy greens, even in cooked meals, you're probably not getting much at all. And magnesium is really what you need to reduce the pain sensation, not only the day, but the two days before. I mentioned before DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. The less magnesium that you have in your body because you're using it up while you're training and while you're stressed, so it gets used a lot. So the less of that you have left over, the more pain you're going to feel after your training sessions. So if you're somebody like Maria from Wentworthville in Australia, whose question, um, the question from the community for this episode was actually, how can I decrease my pain after a training session? Well, that is actually how you can do it. So magnesium is just, it's so phenomenal. Honestly, I have this every single night. Um, I personally like the form of magnesium citrate. For me, that just works a treat. For some reason, it just, there's not as much evidence supporting magnesium citrate, but so far for myself and my clients and everybody that I've shared this with, it just seems to be the best kind of magnesium where you can notice that more instant effect where your mind starts to shut off and you actually feel sleepiness. Because if we're, you know, raging through the day, we've had a massive day, we've got things going on, we've got, we've been exposed to blue light at night and we've just had a late dinner and everything's just been pushed back. And we're like, I really should go to bed now, but I just can't switch off. That's the kind of magnesium that I would recommend. I can't recommend specific supplements because the TGA will be up my butt about it. So Um, if you do want to come to me on Instagram and ask me, is this a good supplement? Then I can share whether or not I think that might be something that would be good to go for, but feel free to just reach out and ask me. 
It also, magnesium, also helps with muscle soreness, like I sort of mentioned, but also perceived stress. So if you're, you know, that stress around the rest day guilt in the first place might actually be mitigated if you had a little bit of magnesium and you've just replaced it. It's not really like... I, I, I sort of, you know, you don't rely on external magnesium where you feel like the only way you can get it is externally. But do know that if you are somebody who is quite stressed and you train a lot, this is me, that you will probably use it more often than not. And I have tried, you know, to always make sure that I have lots of magnesium in my diet. So I am also doing that. I also do that every single day. However, I know my life is full and I love that about my life. So I also need to be conscious that magnesium just works for me and I need to make sure it's there for me most nights. So I just wanted to sort of give you a little bit more clarity around like, you know, you can live without it, but if it could improve your life in that concentrated supplement form, then why not also have that? But just make sure that you're also prioritizing it in your diet. The healthy diet always, always, always comes first. Some other foods to prioritize as well is foods that are high in protein. I should say are foods that are high in protein because we're talking about recoverability. And when you're trying to get that inflammatory response or you're trying to build muscle, let's say, I always say you need two things to build muscle. And obviously we want muscle. Muscle is desirable. It helps boost our metabolism. It helps create more energy for us. This is all the reasons why you have rest day guilt in the beginning, no? The two things that you need to build muscle effectively when you have good recoverability as well. So we need to make sure that that is that other factor is taken care of. So we've got good recoverability is the ingredient and the stimulus. So you cannot make muscle without the ingredient. And that is protein in the form of amino acids, like the actual protein you're eating in your diet. And the stimulus is muscle training, like resistance training, lifting weights, weight training. If you don't have those two things, sorry, but you're just not going to build muscle. So don't kid yourself. You need those two things. So so you're making sure that you're eating protein or foods that are high in protein. Um, you know, even if you're vegan, vegetarian, just make sure that you're prioritizing foods that are high in protein. So let's just go through them really quick. Vegans, I would say tofu, lentils, beans, let's say for um, vegetarians, also eggs for um, people who aren't vegan or vegetarian. We're talking, you know, chicken, fish, uh, lamb, beef, um, you know, I already said tofu, but even edamame is a great one. And also like combining them as well. So, you know, like have two or three in a meal, Um, have plant based and animal based. Like I think just mix them all in. I do think that being more plant based overall is great, but I'm also conscious of the meat free alternatives that look like meat, smell like meat taste like meat, but they're not meat. I just think they're super processed. So where you can, and should it be in line with your values, then just try to make sure you're having whole forms of the protein. So just, you know, have the beef straight out if you if you eat beef. Um, and if you don't, if you're a vegan, choose things more so like the lentils and the tofu and the edamame beans and things like that instead. And also I am an advocate for protein powders. I think that they are very helpful Again, try to get one that's not too, too processed, but I do think they are super helpful. Again, in moderation, you, uh, you don't want to be smashing a protein shake breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You want to be having, you know, a protein shake to help support the other, you know, good amount of protein that you've been having throughout the day. And finally, 
The other thing that I would suggest in terms of food is anti-inflammatory foods. So I could really just say as a blanket term, the Mediterranean diet, I think is a really great diet in terms of lowering inflammation. There is a lot of science on this, literally just type in Google Scholar and then just type in the Mediterranean diet inflammation and you will find loads of studies on it. And I would say top five foods for lowering inflammation, especially, especially, especially in the second half of your cycle, when you know that you're about to experience period pain as well, because let's, let's just think about this. If you're inflamed from training and then you're inflamed because you're not resting because you have too much rest day guilt, um, and then you've got something like a period coming up and you've already, you already know you're inflamed. Well, let me tell you, your period pain is going to be bad that month. And so let's just try to mitigate that as much as we can with anti-inflammatory food. So big five, I would say salmon for one, walnut second, pineapple third, turmeric fourth, olive oil fifth. And we'll do another episode where we dive a little bit deeper into those um, different kinds of foods. Because I think inflammation is such a big topic that a lot of people don't understand. And knowing that it's a very important and necessary response, but it's how our body deals with recovery that makes the difference is just like super next level. And I feel like I really want to help you understand that. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Please share this episode with anybody you know that experiences rest day guilt. If you know there's that one person, that one girl that gets down on herself and you think, fuck, don't you dare feel upset and guilty like you do so much don't you dare go down that shame spiral you are doing the best that you possibly can and if she doesn't know about recoverability and she doesn't know why it's so important to have it please send her this episode i love you guys i will see you next week if anything in this episode sparked a question for you please reach out to me on instagram at dzabara you're a legend and legends leave five-star reviews. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on What a Mouthful.